Mr. Eric, how are you, sir? I am good, Mr. Jamie. Mr. Jamie Laddie. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, before we start, a quick reminder. We are now very much uh, live on the website as well. You can, you can watch this through daringbanjos.com slash live for the first time. There's a chat function in there. Uh, if you are on YouTube, please go check out uh, the notifications and the subscribe button and come join us. Um, but other than that, we are, we are here. And this is a, a pleasure to be here again after our week off last week. And today, as you know, we are thrilled to welcome uh, Eric Lindbergh and later on his wife, Donnie Zasloff, who are collectively known as Nefesh Mountain. Um, the duo combine a love of bluegrass music uh, and uh, the music from their Jewish heritage um, and musical styles, often singing in Hebrew, um, and have been making waves in both arenas ever since they began. In this Daring Live, we're going to talk about everything from banjo style, songwriting, touring with your spouse, and the unlikely marriage of bluegrass music and the Jewish music that they love so much. Mr. Eric Lindberg, how are you? I am as good as can be expected. Um, you know, these days, the things to complain about, there are many, but then everyone can do the same complaining, so why even do it? We're all in the same boat. We're all, you know, hopefully here for each other and holding each other's virtual hands through through this time. So um, really just thank you, uh, Jamie and Dave and Jamie Deering and everybody at Deering for inviting Donnie and I to, uh, to play some tunes and talk and be a part of the community. It's an honor. We are thrilled to have you here. You want to play us a tune to open up? Sure. I'll play a little tune, a, tune, a song I don't get to play all that much because it's just a little banjo ditty that I wrote, a little waltz. It really doesn't even have a name. I'm calling it for today, the Turning Century Waltz and uh, just a little way to open us up. Take it away, my friend. Thank you. 
yeah, that was great. Terrific. Um, start off before we even get into the banjo playing. So you aren't at home right now, are you? We are no. I am. Um, I, this is my fake home. This is. I'm in an Airbnb. <laughs> right. Uh, Donnie and myself, our two kids and dog, are in a, a apartment here in town. We're coming from uh, Montclair, New Jersey, is where we live. Okay. And we're still in town. We had some home um, wreckage, some water damage, and the whole house is getting gutted, and it's a oh. whole long saga. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Sorry to hear about that. Hope it all works out for you. And and we've got yeah thank you we've got the whole house in storage and uh, you know you bring the necessities so pretty much all I have is a pair of jeans and a banjo <laughs> this banjo to be exact That's and it. and y'all were doing uh, some some uh, virtual um, concerts at, at home before before you you had to leave right yes we were doing them at home um, you referring we did this series um, called the songs of love and healing yeah pretty much I think um, for us in New York. Uh, you know, tri-state area, the lockdown happened on March 11th, which is our daughter's birthday, or March 12th. And March 11th, they actually went to see the great show Town in New uh-huh. York, um, which I didn't get to go. They, they just, the two of them went, it was the last day for Broadway, and I remember this specifically because the next day everything shut down and every gig got canceled, right. as we all know. And that weekend we just decided we'd never really done anything like I'm doing right now, a live show like this. Um, and we decided to do a show for our fans on Facebook and we just kept doing them every weekend because our, and with songs of really, we call them songs of love and healing. We really just wanted it to be a big concert hug for all of, for us too, just to stay right. in touch and, right. and put some love out there. Well, it's great, great to have you here. Um, that no, first no. tune, what was the, so there wasn't a name for that. I like, I actually like the title that I'm going with turning century waltz, the turning century waltz. All right. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, composite, you know, it's, it's definitely not a bluegrass style. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's really a chord melody. It's that, um, that you're, you're playing. Was that kind of the way you would approach kind of composing it? And, and cause you come from a jazz guitar background. Yeah. Right? I yeah. do. I do as well myself. And, um, Oh, right on. And, uh, so it's like I'm, I'm trying to kind of understand how you your your comp- compositional um, approach for that sort of style of tune. Yeah, the, the, this tune it's definitely got a jazzy thing. It's kind of I mean when I when I was years back when I was a a real jazz guy in jazz school with my Gibson ES one seventy five, copying <laughs> yep. Pat Metheny as much as I could every day, and Wes and all those guys, but. It, that was, um, I was kind of in that modern school. This, this tune is much more of a, to me, like a throwback, which if this makes sense, the, the bluegrass world has kind of adopted this too, this kind of turn of the century, mm-hmm. 1920s to 40s, this kind of um, kind of old, kind of like jaunty, boppy. Parlor music kind parlor, of. Yeah, parlor mm-hmm. themed. And, and I just, I respond to that, not only for just the, the, nature of kind of where the way harmony went in that in those days but uh-huh. and also the banjo was a huge instrument at that time right. four string um but also this this tune specifically makes me think of my grandfather and my family who came here from eastern europe mm-hmm. and i kind of think about brooklyn in the 20s or in the 30s or something like that where they came to uh you know pre-war and it just kind of that's that's what makes me 
uh, inspired by this particular song. And it also has a, a modulation there. It starts in B flat uh-huh. and modulates to G. You know, it starts kind of in G minor and modulates uh-huh. to G major with a lot. And there's some kind of um, minor four chords in there, so uh-huh. like a little nods to Eastern European music. But overall, it's kind of like a, a nice, you know, I kind of, I feel like I can see the earth kind of revolving when I play that tune. I don't know, in a small it definitely has an era. It feels like an era sort of, you know, of that of what you're describing. Of kind yeah. of that. Um, when you look down at the fingerboard when you're kind of coming when you're playing it or when you're or when you're kind of composing it either way, are you kind of coming I know from my my pers- way I approach when I do stuff like that, I'm kind of looking at it almost as a guitar player. Hmm. And less as a banjo player, because then I look, I think more harmonically in that way. Do you do that, or do you think? Are you totally going? Is your what's your brain kind of doing? I I think it, this is a cool. I didn't realize that you as well were a, a jazz guy, you know. And because I have to, you know, come clean that I do think of it as a guitar player. Right. However, that that's kind of impossible. I've been playing guitar my whole life, and I've been playing banjo for six and a half years or something like that. Um, and, uh, and, and it's been, it's been on the bucket list or it was before I picked it up to always learn how to play the banjo. And my challenge for myself has been to like with jazz, when I was in jazz school, you don't just start learning, you know, John Schofield and Kurt Rosenwinkel stuff. You, you go back and learn Charlie Christian and Wes and you go, you try to deal with the, the masters of their day. So, you know, trying to wrestle with Earl and, all of the tech, the the technique that's building that everyone since him has built on, right? Same way it was in the jazz world. So, I've I've played tons of Earl, um, and I've also gotten a chance to study with my hero and great um, teacher Tony Trishka um, over the years. Not as much as I would love to, but but um, Tony's amazing, and his his approach is so steeped in Earl, and then and beyond. So for right. for me, his thing is so important in bluegrass history. Because it open it opens up the door. Tony would play a tune like that that I wrote. Oh, like, it's very yeah. Trishka esque, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, but also has some Earl in there. Every now and then you'll see a forward roll. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A forward roll, and not too much like alternate thumb because that would imply that wouldn't go with a waltz. But right. Um, but yeah, totally. You, you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, and then you you throw in you know a little a little like melodic you know, style passage here and there. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, there's little melodic stuff. You know, when you're in B flat or G minor, you just want to make sure that that B string, you're staying away from. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, uh, I actually really, I play in G minor a lot. um, And we have a lot of songs that I write with Donnie for the band are in G minor. And I actually really love... I mean, obviously, G major is is the key, but I play a lot in G minor. I like the way it it tends to resonate, um, as do most many banjo players. But not even just G pentatonic, like straight up G minor word. So I've gotten used to avoiding the B string. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit less melodic stuff you can do, but still, with an open G and an open D, you can get get it right. Right. When I studied with I studied with Bill Keith a little bit, and he showed me how playing in B flat works really well for playing the melodic style just don't hit that b string but you have you know the two d strings and then the you know the g kind of works in there but uh um yeah because i think a lot of people are scared to play 
in other keys um, other than maybe you know C or C or G um, or D in, in in standard G tuning, playing the melodic style. Um, is there any little tricks or anything that you could talk about um, for different playing in different keys in the melodic style? Well, um, you know the melodic style. I'm I'm jealous that you've got. I actually never even had the chance to meet Bill Keith. Um, obviously, uh, I'm a huge fan and. Uh, and in case anyone doesn't know, um, he invented the melodic style that we're talking about. And yeah. that's where you can, um, and I apply this to guitar too. I never did before banjo, but now you can, you are using open strings in a scale. So instead of playing a scale as on guitar, I, this is the way I approached banjo first years ago. Right. Just a single string, but now melodic. And I think most people would know this, but... You know, so you're using um, the string before it, and you kind of keep this very open ringing sound that Bill Keith pioneered, and he, you know, played Devil's Dream and all this stuff. So yeah. most people know that, but yeah, um, the melodic thing in terms of playing in other keys, I like the sound of when notes are ringing over each other, especially trying to work out shapes. This may not be strictly melodic, but I play this kind of figure a lot in any, in any like if you have a minor shape, I don't know if you can sure. see, this is a, let's play an A minor chord. Sure. Um, you know, that's- You're getting nice, the fifth string with your thumb there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm hitting the fifth string up here. So I'm getting the nine. You can kind of do that with the various. I'm going. I might be going a little fast, but can you slow that down a little bit for everybody watching? Sure. Yeah. This. So I'm playing an A minor kind of yeah. root position, maybe with the sure. root being there on the seventh fret. I'm just playing this extension, and then I've got the G ringing, so I've got a seven, uh -huh. which is not in this chord C E A, right? Uh -huh. So what I'm playing here is a. Actually, can everyone see my right hand? I can't see my right hand. Here we go. Um, I'm playing a forward roll starting with the second finger. So that's one, three, two, one. And then I'm going up to the fifth string to get my seventh, just to add, this is the seventh, the fifth string is gonna, the drone string is gonna add all the color in these kind of rolls. But, so you're going, that last little bit is five, two, three, uh -huh. thumb, one, thumb, one, thumb. I'll play that slow for a second. And then shifting up to the next position in an A minor, and now I've got the nine as my color tone. Same roll, same exact yeah. roll. And then up here, I've got the same thing. Got my, I've got my 11 or my four. Very nice, yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of people play that that role here and there. I think I first heard it maybe from Nolpa County or something, but. It's a nice fill when you're, when you're kind of, to me it sounds, and this is partly, again, coming from guitar, you can never do anything like that. Right, right. Guitar, it's just, unheard of <laughs> right. like Tommy Emmanuel or 
or the late great Eddie Van Halen, you know, <laughs> tapping. But like, but this to me, that's one of the thrills of playing banjo because it's really just a chord, and it's a nice pattern that that feels comfortable when you get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it kind of sounds melodic, especially when you're, you know, if you were even going to put it into a tune like a. I mean, that was just like a yeah, Jerusalem Ridge, but um, you know, trying to move up the neck, and that's all kind of melodic stuff too that I've. Mm-hmm. Of course, some of it works great in in a key like G when you can when you can and, have the open string when you have the open strings yeah. in a tune like A. You have you eventually, and this is where um, so many players, uh, myself included, are. When you run out of room there, you kind of are forced to to stop playing melodic and end up in a place where you have to play single string, right? Or just kind of end up on a closed position chord. So that kind of run in A, this I can't hit the you're uh-huh. used to hearing this, right? Yeah. Resolving, but now there's always a way down. You just have to kind of yeah quite in the like the pattern the the muscle memory anymore one thing that i find hard and i I think a lot of people do is switching between the melodic style and the single string style making it not sound like you've just you know this little glitch somewhere along you know that things changed it's really hard it's really hard (laughs) (laughs) any any little practice tips on (laughs) uh i i I would just i don't actually i have spent quite a bit of time just sitting and practicing with a metronome on, I mean, everything, the first practice thing for me is always just kind of have a click in yeah. your ear or, you know, on the phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get that going, just trying to just just keep, don't stop the eighth notes, you know, just keep going and have fun with it because it's all, right. all my favorite players that I listen to and when I have my best moments, uh, it sounds fun, it sounds whimsical, and it sounds like ideas are just flowing. So as long as you can... If you can slow your heart rate down enough to let ideas be themselves um, and let your, you know, your kind of soul come out through the music, that's the ideal goal. It happens like, you know, for me, like 2% of the time, at least for me, I always, I feel like it never happens. Other people might, might think it did happen for me, but that's the um, ever ongoing battle of being a banjo player. Yeah. It's, it's, um, It's, you said you've only been playing for six years, banjo. It might be seven. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that doesn't sound like. It. <laughs> I mean, you because um, um, it's a tr- it's a tricky transition getting the right hand going, even if you are an accomplished guitar player, because um, it's a different thing. Um, you mentioned you practice with a with a you know with a metronome all the time. Do you think that's kind of one of the keys why you are have a nice fluid? like good driving right hand um well thank you for the compliment because i i'm i work on the driving thing quite a bit and, and trying to keep an even right hand um you know i think 
I think the if I'm trying to think of how to phrase it because for me, I, I studied I studied jazz in college, and that was like that was my thing, and I took all the theory courses that I needed. And this was before this was way before you could study bluegrass. Now I'm like yeah, yeah. jealous because you can go up to Berkeley, and there's right. so many great myself as well. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. I, I had a teacher who. Um, Unfortunately, had just he just passed this year. A great jazz guitar player. If anyone in the New York area knows Vic Juris, oh yeah, who's yeah. my my mentor and hero. He taught Paul Simon, um, and uh, and Vic was a huge inspiration for me. Um, mostly because he actually, I, actually, I went when I was studying with him in high school. I was listening to a lot of Matheny at the time and Al Dimiola and you know, whatever high school kids, you know, I want to play fast and play jazz and all this cool stuff. Uh But I went for a lesson at his house and I saw the Tony Rice record unit of measure. Uh And, um, and he was the kind of teacher that inspired, not like just the jazz snob mentality. He really had this kind of big open mind. And it was at the same time for me when I was in high school that I listened to that. It was, uh, it was actually, if you, if you're talking influences for me, it was, it was a lot of Matheny and it was a lot of Bela. It was, it was like 50, 50. And because they all, you know, there was even like, I remember in the liner notes, there was like Matheny had the striped shirt and Bela had a striped shirt at one point or something. And I was like, they're like the two versions of each other making this amazing music for me. And there's, and there was so much of it at the time. And, uh, and, and that's the, the thing that kind of blew everything open for me. So even when I was studying jazz, I was listening to a lot of bluegrass, practicing a lot of bluegrass. Not bluegrass guitar. You're practicing Bluegrass guitar, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, and uh, but I think that um, to go back to it, my learning all the theory and knowing how this was supposed to work helped me. I think helped the muscle memory happen. So to me, the theory is so driving in terms of songs that I write and the way I arrange for the band with Donnie, and um, and and the technique. I understand what the role is supposed to do, and I just have to get my hands to do it. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew what it was going to sound like before my hands had to struggle. Right. And I think that was, it helped me at least make some progress that was faster along the way rather than just starting from scratch. But it's, but if, if I, there's probably a ton of guitar players out there that want to play banjo and I would, exactly. I would say buy a Deering and, <laughs> and do it, you know, just dive in because any other thing in case guitar players don't know, but these three strings, obviously you do Dave, but these are the same strings. D, G, and B. So all of the shapes that you are that you've played forever on guitar, you know, G minor seven, these little shapes all work on banjo, and then it's just kind of right hand technique to fill in. Yeah. The and are there are there anything you for people that are struggling with their right hand technique? Because we have a lot of um, beginners and. Uh, that might be watching and you know and they're having trouble getting that right hand roll to kind of happen is there any any little tips or advice uh i think uh, it's it's annoying when you're a beginner and i remember this being a studying any kind of music even for me many days it's it's annoying to hear put a metronome on because it's it can be a struggle it can be a struggle to make music with the metronome really just musical music because it feels like you're fighting with this clicking sound that's annoying and eventually someone in the other room is yelling at you to turn it off anyway because it's just so annoying um which is why i put it in my little (laughs) but if you get that metronome on if you can find yourself making music with it treat it like a drummer 
even though it's just a, a woodblock sound or whatever's happening. And if you try to figure out, um, you know, like a driving, something super simple that just feels good, you know. That may even be way too complex. Uh, let's just take like um, a straightforward roll with um, with a quarter note on beat one or or an eighth note and then sixteenths, but it would be. I'm playing three, five, three, one, five, three, one. Just over and over again, it's a, it's a very simple forward roll and, and no hand here. It's kind of just like an open G5. that it kind of seems schooly and it's kind of something to practice but if you put the metronome on and you kind of feel this you know as if there was a bass player playing with you and you get this kind of groove to it and you just make it more fun you also try to think about make, making it like a dagger really zeroing in on how straight you can get it or how, how much you want to swing it and kind of bounce it a little bit, you know. Yeah, I'm just kind of doing whatever yeah. I want in, yeah. in G, and, and you know this too, of course. Um, but uh, I hope that, that I hope that would help somebody that's beginning that's struggling with time or with groove because I would just say try to make it fun. The more yeah. you have fun with it on a very simple thing and try to make music with that metronome um, and then just kind of mess around, move your hands around, figure out what sounds good. Even if you don't know what notes you're playing yet, just, you know, have fun. Yeah, I think, I think what, I mean, what you're demonstrating, like one of the allures of the banjo is, is that it is kind of hypnotic and, it, and just rolling on, on one chord on just, that drone sort of sound and the repetitive yeah. sort of sound you can really if you can really get into just doing that and really feel the groove of it and then and then your right hand can start to really mm -hmm. come together yeah and it and it sometimes you start with something very simple like the roll and then you add and i'm getting this from from tony trishka is the master of not only doing this but but teaching this as well yeah. which is you know starting with so, like a very simple role and then adding in first of all add, maybe adding another chord um to doing that because then you get your left hand involved yeah slowly building and then finding out like like if you're you know why are we why are we playing the banjo what do we love about it and you just said it's like there's this twang there's this drive this hypnotic thing and maybe there's a lick you know this just the the earl lick that everyone does this two to three slide <laughs> And that's that's hard at first because you've got to, yeah. you've got to slide and pick at the same time. Mm -hmm. When you get used to it, of course, it just feels like one motion. Um, but if you're playing like, that that can be very very hard for many beginners. And it may not be, but if, mm -hmm. if that is hard, you know, that might be something to strive for, something like a, that. Mm -hmm. um, but then it, as long as, I, I guess the point is if you're having fun 
if that's the lick that, that you're like, oh, I'm playing bluegrass. That's, you know, if, as much as you can do that all day long. improvising on you know this isn't something I would play necessarily but um I mean, it would licks around that so just starting with That's a great example. That's great. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> you, so when did you, how did you decide to make the jump in the banjo? You said you're, you're, you're listening to lots of Bela and you're playing bluegrass guitar, but you know. Well, well, I mean, the truth is, I think I even wrote this as a blurb that's on the Deering site, but I, I actually, Donnie and I were playing a show out in San Francisco uh, before Nefesh Mountain in another band for another group. And, um, and we were we were playing in San Francisco, and I saw that Bela was playing a solo concert that night. And I'm like, oh my god! And I think it was with Zakir Hussein. Uh-huh. And I went, and uh, I've I had seen him many times. I think even the year before, I saw him play with Chick, which was also an unbelievable show. And again, in high school, I saw the Flectones. I remember seeing them at the Beacon Theater whenever uh-huh. they came through New York. Anyway, saw Bela that night, and I just kind of couldn't take it anymore, and I just bought a banjo in in um in berkeley california and i was like wow. that's it i gotta get one <laughs> and donnie and i went to the store and just got like whatever we could find there and uh brought it home and i had way too much to fly home with because it was like i didn't i had already two guitars with me and i had another instrument uh-huh. but i bought the banjo and i started actually playing claw hammer first just to try to see what that was all about and then immediately played more three finger style right. Sorry for my dog, whose name is, <laughs> regrettably, or not, Banjo. <laughs> I was going to bring that up, actually. Yeah, your dog is called Banjo. And it's, it's... His name is Banjo. And I didn't name him. It was, And he's about almost eight, and our kids named him that, before I started playing Banjo. So. <laughs> this, this, uh, this sounds like it might segue beautifully into, uh, you talked about Donnie and, and kind of starting up before we jump into some other stuff. Is, is she around? Does she want to join in for a little rendition sure. or something? Yeah. No, she is here. We actually have a concert tonight. I was going to ask about that too. Do you want to, it's a virtual concert, I assume. Hey, Donnie. Hi. It's virtual, yeah. Yeah, you want to you tell everybody about that? Because it's kind of shortly after we, we get wrapped up here as well. So where can everyone see you this evening? I think it's like a, it's private, I think right? it might be a private event. Oh, is it? It's, a, it's in Minnesota. <laughs> We're going to Minnesota right after this. We're going from San Diego to Minnesota, yeah. It's for a community, uh, Jewish community. It's like a 
or festival, the festival? Like a, okay. Yeah, music festival online kind of a thing. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Donnie, everybody. Donnie is here. Hey, Donnie. Hi. All Good right. to see you guys. You guys want to do a little something, something for us? The one you played in Soundcheck was beautiful. I will say yeah, that. Let's that do was, that. Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, just thinking about, it's not, I, I haven't uh, taught lessons in a very long time. I used to be only a teacher and I've, mm -hmm. I've had many awesome students over the years. I used to have like 40 students a week uh, when I was right out of college. Um, and I haven't taught in a long time. So I was thinking about how to actually start, you know, bringing up some of this stuff again. And one of the things I was, I, that we think about a lot is playing the banjo with vocals, with, uh, mm -hmm. especially as a duo, which now we're in quarantine and here alone. And our, our poor band is in Brooklyn. Again, we're in Montclair, New Jersey and we miss our band. So it's, it's oftentimes just a banjo and two vocals, like what you're about to hear. And we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to arrange the music for that. So it keeps a pulse and you can, <clears throat> support the song and all that. So I'll do my best here. Here's a little medley of, uh, of songs that w the second one is ours. The first one you'll know. It's a traditional song. <laughs> Thank you. 
was incredible, yeah. guys. Oh, thanks, Jamie. <laughs> that was that was amazing. Um, I am left a little speechless, which is <laughs> David will tell you is fairly rare for me. <laughs> I've um, never seen you speechless, man. I can do it now if you'd like. Now, that, that was seriously that was that was very. Thank you. Mind blowing. I appreciate that greatly. It, it leads beautifully into. Um, you know, Donnie's joined us now. So you guys really are the core of the band. And before we get into that, tell us a little bit about the name. Nefesh means soul. Is that correct? Can you tell us how about how the name came about? And and one of you wants to tell a story. I can tell by the raised eyebrows. No, I got the look. We're, it's my we're turn. We're cueing each other. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so Nefesh means soul, as you said. And um, you know, this whole band and this whole music that we that we have is um, is kind of our love story. We fell in love and started writing this music, and um, and really every every song that we write, we really are trying to come from a really authentic place, as I think most musicians are. But we really are trying to write about things that we care about and things just trying to be super authentic. And, um, and so we write soulful music. And so obviously the word Nefesh soul made a lot of sense for us. Um, mm -hmm. We're really into mountains. So the Nefesh mountain, we love the idea that, you know, Nefesh mountain is this place um, where everybody is accepting of everybody else. And that it's this like all inclusive um, kind of place where we can all be ourselves. And, um, you know, we're just really grateful that, the universe and, and Deering and, and everybody in the bluegrass world and, and, and beyond has accepted our music and what we want to say, which is really just we're all about love and, um, you know, trying to unite us as opposed to keep us separate as, as people. Absolutely. We'll just together. definitely need more of that right now. So that your, your time is now. We, we appreciate that. And you, you got off the, the um, out of the blocks pretty quickly when, when COVID hit and started doing virtual concerts probably before a lot of other people it seemed like you which is why your setup is is so so good but how's that been going the last kind of few months it's been i mean we've been it's amazing i mean we were as every as every musician you know first of all right when the pandemic hit we just immediately started just putting music out through these facebook live concerts just because we felt like we wanted to like all we have is our music mm -hmm. you know and so that's our way of just loving everybody so we started doing those and there was one we one point where i was like i don't because these are we were doing these free live shows and it's like how are we going to function we had 80 shows cancel we, you know it was scary i mean really yeah. scary as full-time musicians um yeah. but luckily luckily um we are full-time sort of zoom touring <laughs> uh, all the time and thank god you know we're able to do that we're we're really grateful for these zoom concerts we're actually today we announced that we're doing and this is open for everybody we're doing a, a live stream hanukkah holiday concert that Very we're going to cool. be with our band we're going to do uh, finally connect with our band and um and that'll be for, <clears throat> you know open to everybody but yeah we, we're figuring out how to be live <laughs> on on, right. on the internet somehow You've got to do it, adapt and overcome, yeah. right? That's the way to do it. And your band, you, you, Eric mentioned earlier, are in uh, Brooklyn still, is that right? There yeah. Was, yeah. Well. It, well, things are kind of changing for them. Some of them are moving around a little bit just mm -hmm. because why be in Brooklyn when it's, you know, everyone knows, you know, New York was with the first hotspot. So it's, yeah. they've they've toughed it out. It's, it's a lot better now. The nice thing is that if you like New York, 
and you for some reason want to come, there's nobody really in New York right now. No, I've had that. Drive around. Yeah. So um, you know, my sister lives in the city, and we went recently, and there's nobody, nobody in there. Uh, but they're they living there. They're kind of moving around a little bit. One might be staying in Vermont for a little while. One might be going back to St. Louis for a minute. But we're still all uh, going to come back together. We're going to record this show in Woodstock, New York. Uh, this wow. Hanukkah show at a really at, a holiday show. Yeah. At yeah. the Bear is it the Bear Creek? Theater there, or I'm pretty sure we're doing it at Levon's studio. Oh wow, cool! That'll be fun. Yeah, and we're gonna tape it and record it. I, I, I haven't. We're we're double checking on it, so don't hold me to it. But yeah. um, that would be the hope. Levon is like, you know, one of my heroes since way before. Definitely. You know, since I since I was a wee lad. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nicely done, wee lad. Um, so now that the two of you are with us. Describe, if you can, like how does it work? And, and Donnie, maybe you can offer some uh, some insights into this as well. How does it work with um, songwriting with with Eric and, and putting lyrics to a banjo uh, or a guitar? How, do, how what's the process like? I guess let's go through that for you guys. We haven't even talked about the idea that you're both married and you have to do that part as well. Yeah. So it's different for every song. Yeah, each song is like a whole different. Okay. Um, there are there there are lots of songs that are on our new album that we recorded in January. The album's not out yet, and um, I'm not sure. You know, some some of these things are completely unreleased, and we haven't really played them for many folks at all. But I've composed I composed a lot of banjo oriented stuff for this record. Yeah. The album is called uh, Songs for the Sparrows, and. Um, it's cool sounding, right? Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, songs for this, and and the title track kind of is called a, <clears throat> a sparrow song, and that's a total banjo tune. And um, I kind of like the the riff from Essa Ani that we just played, which is our our song. Kind of obviously, we're mountain freaks, so we wrote a song all about mountains, inspired by one of the ancient texts from Psalms one twenty one. But uh, this riff. That's something that I was kind of playing around with a little bit. It's a fairly common banjo riff. It's kind of like Cluck Old Hen, right? You know, Cluck Old Hen, Yeah. So it's really that Appalachian sound, and I was playing that, and Donnie kind of had the idea with that song to marry those the lyrics together and come up with some sort of, you know, she, she was singing in Hebrew, by the way, in case anyone didn't know. I heard that, yeah. That was cool. She was here singing right there. Two, three, four. So that's a little very pentatonic, minor pentatonic Appalachian sound, which to me, in my and this is, this is uh, there's so many aspects to these tunes that we could talk about. But I grew up in a world where I didn't hear Hebrew or I didn't hear any representation of Judaism, which is not just the religion, the the mm-hmm. culture, and the you know the ethnicity, so to speak, bear with me. Um, but there's so many ways to be Jewish in this world, to be an American Jew or Jews throughout the world, that um, you know we wanted to pair a very Appalachian-sounding melody, which we wrote, with Hebrew, and that's what ended up coming out. We wrote that years ago now. Um, so, am I making sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, the Sparrow song that we wrote is another, it's actually kind of like a dissection of that riff, and it's and it's something that I stumbled into, and all of a sudden I realized, 
Um, here, this is the riff to a Sparrow song. And there's some weird meter in there, in case anyone was... I will say though that riff, and he was asking about like the process and how it works. Even you wrote that. That was very like that came out of your heart. That Mm -hmm. that what you just played and the and the melody and this whole song. We were tortured over the lyrics for this song together, and it took us a long time to, you know, because we're trying to make these like, you know, we're 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 coming from such a. we're really trying to say a lot with each song. And so um, it was weird because like that song, you, we knew what it was going to sound like and we knew what we wanted to say with it, but just finding the right words took a really long time for that one. And mm-hmm. for other ones, obviously it just, you know, they just come out, but we, we were like, you know, right, we tortured ourselves over that song because it was an important one to us, you know, we and, wanted it to be the right thing. The content of that song is about sparrows. And in this whole record, we're referring to sparrows kind of in our own universe as, any group who's been discriminated against throughout the ages. And um, for us, of course, we're speaking as Jewish American, as Jews, and there's a lot of kind of nostalgia for life in Europe prior to World War II. There's a lot of Holocaust in this record. There's just some, some stuff that came up for us personally. And we wrote all this before this insane year that we're having where <laughs> civil rights are being challenged. And it's like, oddly, this is... is um, is very relevant now. And we kind of wrote it from the perspective of one sparrow speaking to another sparrow. Maybe one one person, maybe it was one Jewish person to another, or maybe it's one Jewish person to another group. Um, but about being kind of this underdog, this, this voice that's been hushed, that's been silenced, that's been held down. And... Um, Let's just sing a little bit of it. Uh, wow, we never sing this one duo. So no, we don't. We don't <laughs> sing this one. But it's Ever. it's such a banjo tune. <clears throat> By the way, I'm, I think um, it's in seven. Some of this. It's in seven and eight and four four. So count along. Count along if you can. <laughs> oh man, I can't count and do it. <laughs> I'm asking. I'm, I'm asking the audience to count. Right. <laughs> Here's the four. I was trying to count along. That was like 
seven and the occasional measure of eight in there. Yeah. Kind of bouncing yeah. in and out. And the chorus is in four. And I actually really just yeah. speaking of banjo things that drove the song is I had this chord progression for the chorus of this one, which is uh, an E flat with an F in it, like an E flat nine. We're in G minor here. So I kind of like this kind of waterfall trickling. I was trying to come uh -huh. That sounded like sparrows. And then it goes to this kind of kind of like open D, D, yeah. D altered kind of thing. Then C minor. To G major. So together it sounds like. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then, you know, for, for you guys, I mean, we've had the pleasure of hanging out a few times now over, over the last few years and uh, IBMA and all those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, to, to kind of what Donnie was saying um, earlier, you guys just, you really are trying to get something like true and honest and passionate um, and real when you, when you approach your music. And I think, you know, anyone who's met you guys can say that is absolutely who you are. And you, you definitely use your music uh, very positively, right? It's a really uplifting thing. I know that um, I remember uh, back in 2018 after the Pittsburgh shooting in the in the synagogue, mm -hmm. my mom actually texted me because you guys were picked up by, I think it was BBC World Service. And so she she watched that in England. She goes, do you know these guys? Oh. I was like, oh my God, that's Eric and Don. Oh, I didn't know that. And, yeah, and it was really cool to see. Um, and presumably, you know, as members of the Jewish community, that was probably a pretty dark time for you guys. Um, but you released, or, or you played this this amazing song that went pretty viral at the time. Um, and kind of how did that help you personally, kind of putting that out? But how, do you, how else do you think it helped the, the community at large, um, you know, in the bigger picture of things? Um, you know, we when we heard about what had happened in Pittsburgh, we were, you know, shocked we started getting tons of emails from mm -hmm. friends and it was um it was like a nightmare you know and there's so much hate you know against jews against a lot of different people um this moment was really scary we we knew people connected to the synagogue and and there's been a lot of hate since that moment but in that moment um you know, we woke up the next morning and Eric actually just like flew out of bed and, and had this banjo melody in his head. Mm -hmm. And he just said, honey, I, I need you to hear this. And he, and he started playing it. And this was one of those examples of a song that just just came out and we um, we just wrote it very quickly. And we just because we really just wanted to send all the people we loved just just some hope and love. Like we just yeah. didn't know what to do with ourselves. So we just, and then we just put it out on Facebook and immediately we started to just get gratitude and thank you. And, and people asking us for the, 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 um, the, the sheet music so they could start playing it themselves. And we just decided we're giving the song to the universe. We're just giving it away. It's all, it belongs to the world. Um, and as musicians, like that's all we can ask for, you know, is to think right. that our music could be mm -hmm. touching. And what was beautiful for us is to, when we learned that the song was played in, you know, 
hundreds and hundreds of synagogues, but also in churches mm-hmm. and in different vigils. And we got emails from people of all faiths and people who were not religious at all, just, just people saying that they had played the song. We got videotapes of people doing their versions of songs. We have choirs that played that song. And, you know, it's like to think that we can make some music that might put some healing and love into the world. It literally, it's like, uh, you know. It's it's the power, right? That's what music is is about. And I think you guys personify that so beautifully, like in in your personal, you know, people and and in your music as well. And that's just, that was the shining example that I, I remembered, you know, and this was kind of before that we, We've really met. I think you've been here at the factory a couple of times, so we've met a couple of times then, but we never really hung out. And I was like, well, I, it's legit. I would have to say, you know, what we love so much about you guys, and it's not, and it's obviously this is like magic, this <laughs> instrument, but also you're just authentic, wonderful people, and we love you as family. You guys have embraced us. You're the most down to earth, wonderful. If anybody is thinking about getting a banjo, you want to get a deer. They're just it's the, it, you want you want to know that the people making your instrument are awesome, and and you guys are just awesome. And I love you. the we, Jamies are wonderful, and and you too, Dave. But <laughs> Jamie's my soul sister. You know, we just we just yeah. love you guys. Well, yeah. We love you right back. And we weren't asking for that at all. That was very, very kind. We appreciate well, it's it. True, it's true. But, uh, <laughs> but it is legitimate. Um, so I wanted to touch on that a little bit because on, on a personal level, that was that was a, a moment where even when my mom texted me and like, check this out. I was like, wow, that, that reached around the world. That was amazing. So, so just to jump back into some other stuff then. And Dave, I know you have some questions, but I have had a couple of questions in the chat, uh, Eric, about your live setup. A couple of people commenting on the pickup you had. So I want to switch gears a little bit. That's oh, okay. Yeah. Um, how are you guys set for time? We've been going for an hour, so we're okay. Our show is we at, show we have to get on at 7.30. We're on the East Coast. Uh, we're, we're good. We have a half hour. Yeah? Yep. We're good, we're good for a while. I'll let you know. <laughs> He's looking at me like right. yeah. Let us know. <laughs> you gotta check my- Yeah, he'll be like, no, let's talk banjos forever! Talking, <laughs> like, banjo, we're good. All right. Eric, go? We don't have to do a show. We'll just yeah, keep talking. forget the show. I just want to hang out with these guys. Um... <laughs> Uh, Eric, Eric, talk us through your, through your live setup, if you don't mind. So this, you're looking at the only live setup, really. I have two ear trumpet mics here, uh, two Edwinas. I, there's no pickup, although this might be confusing because I have, uh, this is a realist pickup that I have played with live, but I haven't actually used it. Even when we were touring, I wasn't using this. I actually just like the way it sits on the head. And... Um, I just like the tone. I took it off one time and I kind of missed the uh, the tone. So I just kind of like how that sounds somehow. But um, <laughs> as far as our live setup, it's just these two Edwinas and I am pl- I am plugged into a, an Apogee um, quartet. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's it. That's been uh, we were troubleshooting Zoom concerts and and this tech setup because it's our livelihood now for so long. And I had some other things plugged in. and We realized that. People have had a, have responded to just these mics, and I gotta give it up to Ear Trumpet because they just they sound great. And when I play guitar, also for our concerts, it's the same. It's the same mix. I just have like a little kind of stereo mix, and that's it. Right. And and when the full band, you're you're using that same setup because I've seen videos in the past where you had a clip on mic. Oh, I do have. Um, I have. I've played with the DPA yeah. before. Um, what's the other mic that I just got? I'm just, I, it's been like I have a Felix, uh, you know, Grace. A Grace Felix. Yeah. So, Fox. 
what do I have in there? Sometimes I'll plug the Realist and a DPA in that. But Into there's the Grace. The Audio Technica, whatever that Audio Technica kind of gooseneck mic is, that I that that I've replaced actually from the DPA. It sounds better on the on banjos to me actually in general. Um, yeah, that's that's the live into a Felix. <laughs> And how'd you get hooked up with your current uh, band members? I mean, they're pretty, pretty, you know, pretty strong players. They, and uh, I'd like to know the story. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, strange, how did we get it? It's, it's like one of these, like, well, Donnie and I met years ago. And again, mm -hmm. we're in the New York area. And I mentioned that when I was in college, I studied jazz. And my world of musicians and, and the collective of people that I knew were all jazz guys or like rock band stuff. And I, I played in tons of cover bands and, and sure. all kinds of, you know, electric guitar gigs. I didn't really know anyone in the New York. The acoustic scene. Really, it wasn't really around until in my memory until like I remember I heard that Punch Brothers were all moving. Right. right. And then I. Or to, or to New York. And I used to go to those shows to, at the living room. They used to play at... Um, uh, they asked P Bingo Night. I used to go to those shows just as a fan, and um, and I still didn't. I knew some people in the New York scene, but there, it was just slowly growing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then over the years, somehow we met one person that met another, and now we're kind of dialed into that to that New York scene. And the three guys in the band are amazing players. Uh, Alan Grubner plays fiddle for us. He's a New Yorker. Um, Max Johnson's our bassist. They're all New Yorkers. They all live in Brooklyn. Max is. Uh, amazing monster bass player also a jazz guy that can kind of do everything right and any, anyone who knows max uh knows how how adept he is at so many things including just being a funny awesome dude um and david goldenberg is our mandolin player who has bopped around who's lived in nashville and colorado um has a great record out with christian settlemeyer uh you know these guys are just they're they're the dream band for us because they yeah um <clears throat> They just, they've become really good friends, which is to us because we're on the road all the time. And because even for you guys know the, the nature of the music that we write, we want to play great, awesome, fast, driving bluegrass. But there's a more important thing that we always put ahead of it, which is this message of love and inclusion mm -hmm. and trying to somehow make a difference through through music. Music has this magical way of of taking moments in time and transforming them completely in, and that's why we, when we hear a song that we used to listen to when we were in like fourth grade, that's why it transforms us back then. So we're trying to use music to to help kind of soothe the world around us, and m maybe sometimes more importantly ourselves, because it's it's hard to just be alive sometimes these days. Uh, <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. Have so, you been able to pl play with them, uh, or you know, since lockdown at all, or or? or either just just you know just by practicing or do any you know virtual concerts or anything like that we've only seen them <clears throat> we saw them one time <clears throat> excuse me and it was to record for the ibma showcase we were ibma showcase artists mm -hmm. this year so we got together with them in brooklyn and did um a live um video did a set, yeah. yeah did a set with them and then we're going to see them again to do this actually we're going to be on a um a TV, they're doing a TV segment about us and we're going to see them for that and then we're shooting the Hanukkah show. Uh -huh. So it's just like, you know, rare moments that we get to hang with them, but it is what it is right now, you know? Yeah. It is a, it's a great band. It really, you can tell, you can feel that they 
are on the same page as you, you know, with the, with the message and the, and the vibe that you're trying to do. It's not, they just aren't hired guns or something, you know? Yeah. Thanks. I love them. I feel really lucky. You don't always find not only good buddies and, and friends and people who are willing to sign on to the message that we want to put out there, but also really individual players that have a, a strong personalities for each of them. Right. Um, and I, and when I write, I kind of lean on things that like right. for our next, like for the albums that we've had out, especially this new one, which I wrote for this band as the core. I, I never, I never, you know, we never arrange music. That's just anyone can play. Like this is specific stuff that I know Alan's going to destroy on the fiddle that Max is going to just, eat up on the bass and that Dave is just going to make sound so lyrical on the mandolin. And then, you know, in the studio, we also, Oh, we only happen to have, you know, well, our, our, our Nashville <laughs> friends, like, like Jerry Douglas came in and played on everything on this new record. Jerry was there. The yeah. Whole time. I was, I was going to ask you about this. So, you know, yeah. you've worked with, you know, you know, mega stars in the, in the bluegrass world, you know, <laughs> you know, like how, how'd you get, how'd you get to know them and, and get to work with all of them? We've met them over the years, and <clears throat> sorry, and um, I think they sort of. I think we first we started with Sam, and then Sam had told Jerry. It, it, it kind of it just happened. It was like Sam Bush for everybody else. Sam Bush, sorry. Yeah. I feel like the stars aligned, and it just it just became something that was the biggest gift for us. I mean, you can't even imagine how you know grateful we felt to be in the studio with these heroes of ours and they were playing you know the music that Eric wrote and you know we're like crying the whole time just because it's like it's just unbelievable to us to hear the, the, the these these amazing players and for the last album we had just a monster how many people do we have for some of the songs uh, we had 10. 10. <laughs> some, Eric some wrote this like crazy instrumental I don't even sweet yeah it's like telling the story of the history of the world. <laughs> no, no. The of the world. no. Part one. Part one. Yeah. Um, the yeah no the um, you know I I grew up like I said before I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I, I maybe didn't say it, but I grew up in, in New York City, and I didn't grow up at all. Like bluegrass had to find I had to find it. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a part of my life. I've always been. I shouldn't be you know jealous or look look to anyone else's life, but I've always like really part of me wished that like oh if I grew up in like North Carolina I would have been like steeped in this stuff from the beginning it's definitely something that found me through weird channels and stuff like the Flectones and and like my parents having like a Garcia Grisman album you know when I was very young (laughs) just lying around and so I didn't grow up going to festivals I didn't go I didn't have I wasn't part of this like circuit and I wasn't part of this scene which is why again I feel so lucky to have this band and I and meeting Sam and Jerry and those guys, I had met them just at concerts, being like going up to them afterwards and just being like, "You've changed my life so many times." You know, yeah. I know you don't know who I am, but like, <laughs> <laughs> they, they kind of like, you know, they knew uh, who I was a little bit. But when we first met Sam, my first day in Nashville was to record our first album, and it was with Sam the next day. And again, I had met Sam and I talked to him on the phone. We talked about arrangements and stuff like that, but I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I'm only, I don't ever tell this story exactly, but I, I mean, I was, you knew. I, I was, don't know what story was, you're about to tell. Well, it's just the story of this first recording with oh, Sam yeah, Bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like freaking out in my head yeah, the he night before because out. this is somebody yeah. that means, he means, you know, it's well, weird yeah. how musicians and our heroes mean a lot to us. Right. And right. again, you know, us in the nature of our music, they really mean, they mean a lot. They've changed my life. Guys like Sam Bush have changed my outlook on 
the world, not only through Killer Mandolin and through his chop and all the stuff we love Sam for, but just the way he introduces songs and the like kind of the spirit that he embodies. And when he came in to those to that for that session and he played on everything on the first two records, he he totally scooped us up under his wing and he just he got to we got to know each other and he 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 was like uncle my uncle Sam, you know, right. that I my long lost uncle. And I just feel the the greatest honor and privilege to get to know him and play with him because it, it's not lost on me that not everyone gets to play with Sam Bush. Yeah, I just I feel like the luckiest dude to to call him a friend and just to know how he's this being of light. Him and Jerry, and mm-hmm. and all of the uh, the guys like Brian Sutton came in and played on this last record. Um, right. It's an honor to Did play a with duo him. with Brian Sutton. Yeah, and uh, I mean they've had they've had all had so much, you know. In in the in the in just recording, they have so much background in doing that. You is there is there anything you y'all learned from just being around them in in a studio, the way they approach, you know, the whole, whole not just their part, but maybe even the vibe of of trying to get the whole you know the whole work together. They well, they make you better. Yeah, because you have to match. You have to be at that level. Sure. So, um, and they also are. You know, there are such pros that, again, I the things that I love talking to musicians about, and when I listen to interviews and stuff like that from people that I've admired or loved, I care, actually for me, I care a lot more about just how they view the world and life yeah. more than technique, although the technique's super important and we all have to learn that stuff. Right. The theory. But I, being with them and kind of soaking in their energy, they're, they're so calm and giving and loving and, yes. you know, so I'm sure that can't be said time. for every one of our, you know, every hero of yours, right? ours, but everyone we've had a chance to work with have, have been very, very supportive and, and put this energy out there of and also the really, love back at yeah, us. Yeah. So. And really, really saying like, really, um, like asking, especially they would ask me, you know, what is this song about? Especially if there was like a Hebrew song or I gave everybody such, um, you know, a background in every song and they, and they just made us feel so, um, they really support it, support what we're doing and, and what we're trying to do. And they were like totally just cheering us on. It, it's, it was a dream really. And it, and it continues to be, we're still connected with them and, all of them just hugging us saying, please continue to do this music. You guys like yeah. <laughs> that was their message. So I, yeah, nice. it couldn't have been more inspiring. Honestly, it was like, I think one thing though, too, that gets lost on a lot of, a lot of uh, semi-pro instrumentalists is to ask, what is the song about? Like if you aren't, uh, if you aren't singing the song a lot of the time, you're so into your own chops <laughs> and it's like, learn what the song is about. And you'll most likely have more, more you know more soul going through your performance yeah totally totally um let's see how are we on time jamie do we have more questions coming in from the chat mm-hmm. we we could probably we should wrap up soon we should okay. we could take a couple questions from the chat for sure if there's any jamie i think you're on mute <laughs> I was on mute. <laughs> Apparently that's the only way you can stop me from talking. So, okay. <laughs> All right. My bad. Technical glitch. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, a couple from the chat um, and, and then the couple that we had uh, here and they're, they're very, very quick questions. So first of all, uh, Eric, not only do you play banjo, you play guitar, but you also, I think you play dobro as well and a few other things, right? 
Yeah. You're a multi-instrumentalist. He's really good at dobro. He won't admit it, but he's, he is. I saw a video of you playing the other day. It was great. I'm your wife. I Beautiful wife. I I don't think I'm that good. I think he's really good. No, Dobro is really... um, (laughs) Live, you guys. It's it's such a great instrument. Yeah, I love playing Dobro. I play mandolin too. And mandolin, you play. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you also play claw hammer. It's not, you play the three finger style, obviously, but you also play claw hammer really, really well. And you mentioned earlier on, that's that's kind of where you started a little bit on banjo. you want, to give us, you want to give us a little uh, little ditty? Sure. Just just, just, a, just a 15 second just to prove that you can claw hammer as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you believe me? Uh, um, <laughs> well, you know. Oh, sorry. Open air? No. no. Which, which segues into the other question that I had in the chat is, do you use any alternate tunings? For claw hammer, pretty much exclusively exclusively. Um, most of it's this double C kind of drop tuning. Um, yeah, I love that. We have a song called I Want to Hear Somebody Pray, which is not in the tuning. I just put the banjo in. But it's it's the cool kind of open F tuning that not mm-hmm. many people play in. I saw it somewhere. I think I saw it like Jason Romero was playing a tune uh, with this tuning and I got into it. Um, <laughs> So yes, proof that he can. Absolutely, very cool. Uh, but but as far as your three finger style and, and with the band, you're you're sticking mainly in, uh, in standard tuning. Is that right? Yeah, just with capos. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Oh, I'll and, do a drop C every now and then. Okay. Just I'll just drop the C and I'll keep the the B where it is. Excellent. And then uh, as far the, we haven't really talked about the banjo, we don't really need to. It's a, it's a Deering Saratoga Star. Which is, and you also have a couple of other. Uh, you have an eagle too, and a couple of others. Yes. Anything special that you've done to that uh, to the banjo there? It's That's tuned awesome. very low, lower than most would tune it. Um, although higher than it has been. Sometimes I have this thing tuned at an E, which mm-hmm. is like most people are like, "Come on, what are you doing?" Yeah. Uh, right now it's in an F, I think. Yeah, it's 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 a it's at an F, which. Wow. Uh, when you guys send them out, they're at like a G sharp. G sharp, yeah. The head we're talking about. We- the head, yeah. 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 So, so you're, you're, yeah. You're, 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 your head tuning is low is what you're saying. It's not the, the actual. Not the, pitch no, of the, not the pitch. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, head, the tuning of the head is right. tuned low. Um, well, people that don't necessarily know what that does or why you do that, can you can you talk just briefly kind of what, what it does to the sound of the banjo. I was well? just, I, I was kind of tinkering with some different things and trying to mess with, well, first of all, when you tune the head tighter, it's going to raise the bridge and it's going to change the action. So you do, and when you change the head, you kind of mess with some different things. You might have to change bridge placement and all that stuff. 
Um, but I kind of wanted the most throaty, deepest sound that I could get out of the banjo. Um, and that's really just trying to get that low string to, to pop as much as I can. The reason being that when we play, first of all, if Donnie and I are playing duo, then I want to be able to support as low as I can just to make it supportive for the vocals. And I also, uh, when we play with the band, when I play banjo, there's no guitar player. So there's that kind of, there's a sonic thing that's missing between the bass and the mandolin. Fiddle's in there, of course, too. But it tends to work with our band. This may not work for everybody in a bluegrass band because you might be in the guitar player's way. Um, But for me, it it really works. And when it's solo, I... um, I, I just, I really like the way it, you know, for that little, that tune I played in the beginning, that Turning Century Waltz, I like kind of, it's very mellow. It's very mellow yeah. sounding. You're, you're filling out frequencies, crackles. right? You're, you're kind of just filling in those frequency voids that otherwise, uh, uh, and I'm not trying to overpower Donnie when she's singing as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. And I, you know who, um, I, we were, uh, our new best buddy, Jens Kruger, uh, yes. is one of human beings. Uh, <laughs> Another person who who has like oh man, been yeah, yeah, so and Uwe and Joel, yeah, oh love those. We saw them at Wintergrass this year, and actually we went over uh, to Jens's house at one point and uh, was taking some lessons. And just he's an amazing mentor and just super another being of light talking about a being of light and but his approach to the banjo has influenced me a lot and it's why i kind of set this up the way i did with a a low tuned head jens doesn't do that to my knowledge but he played this and he was kind of like huh cool i I kind (laughs) of like what you're going for um but i love how speaking and, and speaking of the song you mentioned tree of life jens has this way of sustaining banjo where it's not always just rolls and and notes and notes and notes and notes. Um, really just. You know, it's very Yenzi, right? Yeah. And he also does lots of cool, like, you know, messing with the head. And lots of vibrato stuff. Like right, yeah. But the banjo has this in, in the Tree of Life song, which goes like this. C tuning still in but um it's very sustained chords like that yeah. I just love when a banjo can sound sad the other mm-hmm. the other thing we haven't exactly touched on is the, is the story that most people at this point know of the banjo coming from Africa and making its way over here, the minstrel shows, the, the the dark history of the banjo, there is all this pain that is in there, in the notes, in the kind of like bedrock of American music, there's this pain, this sorrow. And when a banjo sounds sad, there's something really different about it sounding sad than when a guitar sounds sad, or even a fiddle, which can sound really sad sometimes. But I just... Minor chords on the banjo, to me, sing sometimes more than the major ones. I completely agree. What I love about the banjo is it sounds so sad, and then it sounds so happy. Yeah. So happy, you know? It it has both, and that's what, you know, we try to put all of that in our music, too. 
Was yeah. it Steve, Steve Martin, right? That famously said, uh, you can't play a sad song on a banjo, I think. Uh, yeah, did he say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Some, yeah. Something along those lines, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like, there's a few people, that, I mean, Jens is an example. He does a lot of minor minor type stuff on a, on a banjo and it sounds sounds great. Sounds really good. It adds, it adds a certain texture to it that, that you can't necessarily get out of a, a guitar or something like that. Yeah, totally. Completely agree. Very cool. Guys, that was that was awesome. Oh, real quick. Finger picks for ProPick? ProPick. Every day, all the way. All day, every uh, day. This is, this is the, I'm using the number three, the most rounded, I believe, mm -hmm. edge, and it's yep. these are the angled ones. Very cool. So, um, Pro picks. I also use these on with my guitar uh, for some kind of Doc Watson style, mm -hmm. uh, Travis pick kind of things. These Pro picks sound really nice on on guitar, just because I know you guys are you're selling Pro picks now. We we yeah we acquired Pro pick at the beginning of this year. Right, actually, like just a couple of weeks before uh, the kind of lockdown started. Uh, I'm gonna have to talk and order some more because this is my last pair. <laughs> So I'm gonna. Yeah, we, I know a guy. We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you, okay. get you hooked up. That's no problem. Um, all right. Before we leave, um, David Bandrowski, any final thoughts for the day? No, no. Just thanks. Thanks for being here. It's great. Uh, great hanging out, chatting, and listening to y'all play. Yeah, that really was. Guys, thank you so much. Donnie and Eric, any final thoughts you want to share with the world before you leave? No, but no one. They haven't met our dog banjo. Well, actually, that was the last question. Someone did ask, "How is your dog banjo?" Let's let's replace. You, I feel like we should meet. Banjos. You guys should meet because right. between Buddy, like the word banjo is is said Everybody. so often in our house between <laughs> banjo and our dog banjo, it's just a lot of banjo constantly. The he word banjo. Banjo is barking. This is banjo or the dog. He this was is napping. Banjo doggy. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Say hi to our friends. Look, What's buddy. Going on? <laughs> the first dog of Daring Live. We appreciate yes. that enormously. He could be your mascot. He's a thief. Oh, it's pretty <laughs> cute. <laughs> when we picked right. him up from uh, Last Little Story, happy little tale of when we got him years ago from, uh, from the breeder, we were driving, I think it was like a four hour drive home when we picked him up. And the whole way we listened to the Tony Trishka album Territory. I think I think it's the Smithsonian record, and I yeah. think he plays his Ten Brooks. Um, yeah. That was before his awesome. Yeah, he's only has the Saratoga star in that. Yeah, so you he, and like whenever I play the banjo, he just sits next to me and and just falls asleep. He's maybe the only pet that can fall asleep <laughs> to banjo. I don't know. But, uh, it's been an honor, gentlemen, and thank you for for having us and supporting us all these years. Absolutely, absolutely, and we'll be in touch very soon. And uh, enjoy your gig tonight. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send you guys a, a little email here in the next few days. And uh, touch base. Guys, thank you so, so much for joining thank us today. Thanks for the time. Uh, real pleasure. And everybody who's watching at home, thank you so much again for your support. Um, tune back in next Tuesday. We have the marvelous Kristen Scott Benson joining us. We'll see you then. Take care, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs>